What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Josh Leap with us to talk about his very unique Lovecraftian text editor known as Tentacle <laughs> Typer. Am I getting that correct? Tentacle Typer? Yep, that's the uh, that's the domain I bought. <laughs> All right. Well, the, <laughs> well, then it's probably going to be called Tentacle Typer. So, Josh, thanks for joining. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, you're the third Josh that I've talked to today, if you count my mutterings to myself. Oh, well, that's great. Uh, I do. So there we go. Third Josh it is. Uh, awesome. You know what they say, third time's the charm. So hopefully I'll charm me. you. Of course, <laughs> of course. Now, before we get into this project, though, you're working on, uh, I always like to get to know the actual people behind their game. So Josh, tell me a little bit about how you got into the indie or the industry, uh, why you decided to work on this Lovecraftian text editor of yours and just kind of, you know, your uh, your experience up till this point. Oh, sure. So 17 years ago, um, I was kind of going through some stuff. My mother had kicked me out of the house and uh, I was 14 years old and it occurred to me that uh, I had basically no social safety net and so I needed to come up with a skill or I would probably starve to death. And I knew mm -hmm. I had some time because I was pretty fat. So <laughs> what I decided to do <laughs> was teach myself programming. And I was, you know, I was a 14 year old boy at the time. So of course I, uh, I was fascinated and super invested in uh, in video games and things like that. So I decided I was going to be a game developer, and it was a delusion of grandeur at the time, but uh, to my credit, I ended up getting the Quake 2 uh, software development kit compiled before Hello World. <laughs> there you go. All and right. uh, yeah, so I ended up going to college and getting a comput computer science degree, and then after that, I got a job making video games for the U.S. Army. Oh, wow. uh, okay. We called them training simulators, right. uh, but they were games, and uh, I had a lot of fun doing that. I did that for a little while, and then... Uh, a friend of mine offered to join me, offered a chance for me to work uh, for his legal analytics startup. So I did that and I learned uh, some machine learning kind of uh, text, uh, natural language processing stuff. Um, and then I moved on from there to, to, to work on big public installations. There's a there's a big art piece uh, in uh, California right now that I that I did quite a bit of work on. It's a big <laughs> mag magic mirror on top of SoFi Stadium. Uh, that was a fun, oh. big fun, big fun project. Uh, but wrapped up that experience uh, at the end of September and decided, you know what, uh, I spent a lot of time making money printers for other people and I'd like to spend a little time on my money printer. Yeah, um, yeah, I get it. Whether or not I'm successful or not, it's, uh, I feel like I've, I've, I'm going at it with the with the correct intentions and I think that that matters a lot. <laughs> so right. uh, that's when I started working on uh, a couple different concepts and, and uh, the, the thing that really sort of got me any sort of social media... <laughs> exposure whatsoever was uh showing these first person tentacle arms that i made and everybody kept saying ew gross and i was like yeah but you keep clicking like <laughs> yeah and uh so i was you know started brainstorming um some things that i could do with that to try and sort of turn it into a an experience beyond just a hey launch this and see tentacles wiggling back and forth um <laughs> although some people might be into that you never know which if they are send me an email and i'll uh, we can work something out um <laughs> i guess dm on twitter uh so what i ultimately did was i, I was thinking about some of the dark patterns that uh, i've been seeing in software recently um i i basically you know uh, my brain starts boiling whenever i have to use my playstation um <laughs> you know because they've got those uh the screens like where, where you go to the the tools you use to watch streaming media right and you have mm -hmm. no control over it it's like you don't get to choose the order of it uh the fact that i use youtube every day it's at the very end of the list because they want me to accidentally click on like you know some something that is paid for, for <laughs> paid yeah. them uh now yeah. and yep. 
it just, you know, I started to get a little, a little bit cynical when I was thinking about how uh, there's so many of these products where you buy it and yet you're still the product afterwards. And it's like the best case scenario is you become, from this company's perspective, is you become um, super addicted to, to whatever their situation is. And then at the end of it, you're left with memories of the experience and they're left with their revenue. And there's no, um, there, there's no sort of emergent value that comes from that. Uh, and that was sort of the the genesis of the idea where I was like, well, what if I make a really goofy text editor, right? It's right. kind of like a conversation between me and authors where um, they they can see a weird experience that uh, maybe might insp inspire them to do some interesting stuff. <laughs> and if they get to see some of the art that I've done and I want it to be a fully functional text editor and I'm going to gate certain you know biomes and areas and things mm -hmm. behind their progress because I, I had this sort of, fantasy that like somebody plays this weird game you know this this lovecraftian text editor thing and if they play it to completion what if they had like 40 or 50 pages written at the very least you know like 40 mm -hmm. or 50 pages written that is art that they've created that's theirs that's not hosted on my server it's hosted on their computer and they can export it and they can you know leave that as an artifact they can delete it or they can take it further but isn't that like more equity than any sort of experience that you've ever heard of like yeah. Uh, no, it's a, it's it's actually a big a big piece that that stuck with me when you said that because at face value I re I remember the the conversation between us and I didn't mean to to put it you know your game down or anything but I I was kind of confused by the the concept at the start I was like this no, just silly. looks <laughs> yeah it, it was very it's very different right um, yeah. and I I do want to just get you know uh, an elevator elevator pitch or so to speak uh, right after this one point but. I, I definitely find a lot of value in 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 saying like there's nothing tangible you get at the end of a lot of games or a lot of experiences in general and I think that's one of the biggest reasons why like personally why I got into doing what I do now I do podcasts weekly where I talk about these games that I play I, I physically create something from those experiences so it, it makes myself feel a little bit more okay with the fact that I just play so much games <laughs> and then you know and then you just leave and you're like okay well that was great but it's like it's filler right yeah, I'm it's, with it's, you. It, it's yeah it's interesting having this as a trying to create something that that has the you know the the core of something that you would use from a day-to-day -day, depending on who you are obviously but has the skin <laughs> yeah. of something that is a, a totally different experience right right before we dive into any deeper, can you give me just an elevator pitch of this? Because I want I want us to make sure that people are kind of an uh, understanding of, of what this is. You know, what is what is Tentacle Typer all about? What okay. if, someone who has no idea what we're talking about, how would you explain this to them? So right now it's a first person experience where you open it up and your first view is looking at a mechanical typewriter and you have tentacle arms. And what keys you press on the keyboard uh, are the letters that appear on the paper on the typewriter. And you accumulate a full page, the page goes in a book, and that book can be exported as a, as a text file. Uh, and you've also got, you know, ancillary data that uh, you've got uh, for the purposes of, of, you know, just gameplay meta stuff. But uh, you're surrounded in weird oddities, um, puzzle boxes and, and machinery and clockwork and, and things. And there's... Uh, there's things to discover and places to go. Your uh, the, the most recent feature I added was a um, a mechanical elevator that you can you can go you can descend and, and get on a roller coaster. And one thing mm -hmm. that I found was it's been kind of I've been trying to eye whether or not I want to like do this uh, this whole thing is like a VR thing because it, it's amenable to uh, that. Yeah, interesting. Um, but when I even without VR, when I tried to like spend a whole lot of time writing like 
my grocery list on a roller on a mechanical typewriter while I'm riding a roller coaster, it is nauseating. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have taken anyone's word for it if they told me, but uh, actually having done it, I've got a strong stomach. I feel like uh, I might be able to market this as a medical device if it goes wrong. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I'll have like gated checkpoints or something with short transitions. Um, right, but right. it's basically there's a lot of environmental storytelling and um, it is gated by puzzles and also you have to fill these um, eldritch batteries with with creative energy that uh, you can only do by using the mechanical typewriter it's sort of the mechanical engine of that energy and uh, that's a currency you can devote towards going different routes or seeing different things hmm. that's super interesting so you kind of already answered this, but my obvious first question is really like, what breaks this apart from any other text editor? You think of something like Microsoft Word, obviously, but yeah. like, what would what would the main thing? And you you kind of touched upon this, or or very heavily touched upon it, but like, what's the main reason behind say, why would someone use this over another t text editor? Like, is this something where you know, obviously this is an experience, but if I wanted to, I could just be like, I never want to use Microsoft Word again because I want to use Tentacle Typer for the rest of my life. Um, right now, that would be uh, sort of like the writing equivalent of playing Quop, if you've ever heard of that game. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I guess uh, as it is right now, I'm like, you know, Tentacle Typer is the typewriter for or is the is the text editor for you if you uh, if you think that spell check is for nerds and. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, you know, I've, it's, I've considered adding a spell check and uh, some other things because it's sort of a balance between this really feels to me like it's a conversation between me and, and another creator, a mm -hmm. conversation where I'm deaf to one side of it and they're basically deaf to my side. So it's uh, sort of like, uh, I don't know, uh, tapes of 911 calls or something it's, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. where I want uh, I want them to kind of see that um, if they, you know, at least bought into this, then they've paid for a couple cans of ravioli. And I appreciate that. And I want to do my part to give them value for that. And in that respect, I want to try and help sort of stoke the creative juices. I want to show them some stuff that's, uh, that's weird and, and sort of like just one palate cleanser after another, after seeing some really bizarre things like, uh, uh, you know, maybe it's a giant, uh, entity that is otherworldly on the train tracks. And then all of a sudden you go into an open world sort of springtime summer glade, um, <laughs> I, I also have a lot of features that I'm working on where it reacts to the textual content of what you type. So right now, if you type day, night, evening, any time of day sort of thing, it uh, tries to figure out what you're talking about and it changes the environment to sort of match mm. that. So Yeah, that was going to be um, one of my questions. I saw there was something on Twitter where you would put, uh, I think it was like shooting stars or like comments or something yeah, in the background. Shooting stars, segments of starlight. I was trying to be artsy. <laughs> that's interesting yeah so so while you're typing through you know whatever this might be a lot of it is also even if you're not uh you know creating some kind of uh manifesto of sorts but you're literally just typing random words a lot of the game could be trying to find out what those triggers are so sure. to speak so that you get those visualizations or or whatever it is in the game that changes yeah i'm playing around with this concept where uh, you'll be given prophecies and you've got to try and amenitize whatever the uh, scenario is in the prophecy so you like you know you are the eldritch god so you have to bring about the whatever end game is here mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. <laughs> and that that will be the the main mechanic by which i do that if that's the direction it ends up going um it, because this is sort of still in kind of the discovery phase, I'm inventing a genre that I do not think really exists because it's not like a typing helper. Right. Uh, I, I'm kind of trying to um, balance just being random for random sake and actually providing some kind of value to the people who are consuming this this crazy thing. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, on the note of providing value, just to confirm, because it, it sounds like yes, but when you're done with this, uh, you know, you can save these, you can keep these files. Are these going to, and I don't know if you've tried this, but like, is this going to be something that I can transfer to another program? Like, what if I write this in technical typer and then I try to open it in like uh, just any other text editor document? Is that yeah. going to just open up like normal? Yeah, 100%. Uh, right now I've got, um, <laughs> it's going to export, I, I guarantee you'll give you at least a text file, .txt. Okay. Uh, yep. So you'll be able yep. to open it even in even Notepad if that's all you got. Right. Um, my my plans for import, like, I don't know if you're going to be able to fill out your tax return in Tentacle Typer. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, that's a deal breaker. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> and for some people it will be. And I really apologize to those people. I know, you know, there's... Uh, that industry is ripe for disruption, but it's not going to be me. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, it is important to me that I don't lock them into my scenario. Uh, I really, right. because then I'm just, you know, just doing the same thing that made me mad in the first place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd like, I'd like to be able to, there, I've done some other features and things where I've tried to keep my, keep my eye on like not making it a horrible experience to, uh, to leave and go use a big boy editor. Which you know, this gets bigger, boy, every day. So it's right. Uh, yeah. At some point, those feature sets will converge. But I'm still gonna keep doing my best to try and and leave that path uh, clear and open. And one of the things that I've done is, uh, so right, the t the text, <laughs> the typewriter that I've modeled this on is like uh, I modeled it off of like the the early 1800s, like Remington mm -hmm. Model Two, and uh, they didn't have a shift key. So you type everything in, in capital letters, right? Oh, okay. Uh, but muscle memory being what it is, naturally you're going to press shift and type probably in whatever way that you do. Uh, yes. Just so it doesn't become an editing nightmare, I the export will, will duplicate whatever capitalization you typed, even though the display is all caps, right? Oh, um, okay. One of the monetization strategies that I've considered is, uh, is, is giving this whole thing away for free and then selling a $2 shift key DLC, because that just makes me laugh. And I... I <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> so that might happen we'll see huh? All uh, right. it's only every, two dollars right, you need like, that shift key <laughs> uh, everything's up in right. the air <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um, your Twitter so one of the cool things that you're doing with this game and I love developers who do this while you're working on this game each and every step of the way you seem to be finding either something that i saw the other day that like breaks and kind of looked cool and you were like is this broken or just you know more on theme right but you're you're you know cataloging along the way the the progression of what this game is and i really enjoy that just from uh, more or less a preservation standpoint but mm -hmm. also for those who are interested they get to see like okay what's coming up next or what kind of things are you spending your time on yeah uh, one, one of the things that's interesting is there were a couple of things in there where you know you had like the roller coaster <laughs> um, but also you had a couple areas where it didn't look like you were in front of the typewriter itself. So most of the, most of the scenes you're, you're in front of the typewriter, you're typing. There's a couple others where it looks like it's kind of panned to the side or maybe in a different area. Yeah. Are you always going to be, you know, facing forward at that typewriter or is there going to be some level of you being able to shift your view kind of to, to see the world around you and see maybe different changes or different uh, pieces of those puzzles that are around the element of that text editor. 
So right now the control setup is totally like you're on sort of a lazy Susan, so you can do a whole 360 degree rotation, and the, the typewriter doesn't come with you for most of those. Mm. Uh, so you can like look behind you, and there's some there's some puzzles and devices and things surmounting you. Gotcha. Um, I've, I'm exploring the idea of giving you actually more agency in that because right now you're basically in a in a pneumatic steampunk electric wheelchair, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. but, <laughs> you know, allowing you to sort of like grapple across the room with your tentacles. Uh, one of the more recent tweet, tweets I've done is, is showing these procedural tentacles that I've got. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to be the tool by which you grab distant items and they might be the tool by which you move distances. I do mm-hmm. always want to bring people back to, you know, sort of the primary thing, which is the writing, but I, right. uh, you know, so there's some hard to reach places that, uh, maybe that yeah, typewriter yeah. can't go. And so, uh, yeah. I am I am highly considering the uh, giving you sort of like uh, maybe a worm's Armageddon ninja rope <laughs> uh, as your secondary means of, of locomoting. Gotcha. Okay, that's interesting because then I, I guess this this really pans into like what is the bigger picture of this, right? And not bigger picture of like the 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 theme for you creating this, but more of what is the bigger bigger picture of what is the player's main motivation in this game? And I get that as a text editor, they could have the motivation of just creating something that will give them that document, right? That's what you would use a normal text editor for. But like, if you wanted to go into Tentacle Typewriter and you wanted that experience of going around and looking mm-hmm. at all the the interesting visuals, all the interesting kind of puzzles that are around you, what is what is incentivizing someone to continue and to get to whatever is that that end game that you kind of alluded to? Yeah, so diegetically, um, the character that you're playing uh, who I think I've been referring to with a, with a, uh, the she pronoun most of the time. Okay, uh, I like that. So they're trying to um, they've they've spent their entire life trying to accomplish something, and they've they've built machines to affect this, and they have um, bought them. They've uh, gone on archaeological expeditions to sort of procure these, and um, they have had a uh, unwavering vision from the moment that they were born, and they had a destiny that they felt like they had to fulfill, and it's culminated with them being. Um, sort of the creative force behind a new kind of science in their world, which is uh, sort of a programming language uh, mm-hmm. that affects reality. They can they can distort the world around them. And it just so happens coincidentally that, um, I'm not gonna spoil what it is that they're trying to accomplish, but uh, the sort of, um, you know, programming is, is more like uh, building a brick than it is, or building a brick house than it is, uh, in, you know, any sort of other thing. It's, it's one piece at a time. And the, the pieces that make up the recipe for them programming reality just happen to coincidentally coincide with every word that you write. <laughs> so when you're writing, you know, your, uh, your short coming of age story about, uh, Sally and her tea parties, uh, that might be amenitizing the Eshetan, that might be destroying the world, whatever it is that he, uh, she's trying to do in her world. Um, you both use the same syntax, but, uh, it's unlikely that your objectives are the same, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> but you're both working together and separate. <laughs> A very interesting, uh, strange way of, of <laughs> allowing you to have this perspective of a, a different being and, mm-hmm. and, and make it seem like it's immersing you, even though it's not at the same time. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to do a lot to try and, and true, truly immerse you in, into that, that uh, sales pitch I just gave you. That's, that's not just words. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely interested interested to see where this goes because you know as of right now this is obviously very early into development i'd like to remind you when we were discussing my background that i spent uh, a little over a year doing uh natural language machine learning so uh 
<laughs> uh, I don't want to spoil anything there, but the, those powers, I intend to bring them to bear for this, the, uh, the purposes of, of making that, uh, making that concept really stick beyond just it being empty words. Yeah, no, that's kind of what got me excited when I, when I first heard this, because I think that, that piece of your background makes the most sense with kind of the, the inspiration or the reasoning behind this. Like I yeah. get a lot of other pieces, but that the actual machine learning to it makes this very intriguing because I'd like to see kind of where creatively this can go. Yeah. Um, I've got nothing but ideas, but it's a, uh, you know, <laughs> the, you have, with any game design, you have to put on a lot of hats and the, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a constant battle between the, um, delusion of grandeur whimsy i can build the world hat and the producer hat that's like we're gonna starve to death keep going you gotta stop <laughs> yeah so that's a good point is like um, is is this your your full-time thing that you're working on or is this just a passion project that you're doing on the side uh, every, excuse oh, me josh ahead. everything i do is a passion project well okay uh, <laughs> let me <laughs> let me let me say this are you doing this in a full-time project perspective because you're racing down to the clock to eventually get a paycheck or are you using another job as a means to make money this is my full-time endeavor right now as crazy as that might sound okay all right um so it is uh it is um kind of It'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's uh, so a lot I, of, I guess a to lot that of nerves with that, I'm sure. Yeah. So uh, I guess my Twitter kind of has two audiences. It's it's for people whom the uh, the story and the ambition that I've told really resonates from them. And there's also the other kind of people who really like to see ambulance crashes. Uh, both of them <laughs> might have something to take away and enjoy right? Uh, from my Twitter feed. And yeah, I'll start up a website and, and uh, you know, do the Discord thing and all that eventually. But that's mm -hmm. kind of the primary means of doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it's a, like you said, a lot of hats, it's a lot of steps that it take to get this from just an idea to yeah. a fully, you know, product out the door. Uh, so it it's is all really, about, yeah, Oh, go it, ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. It's, it's really amazing to me how, um, how at odds those hats sometimes are where mm -hmm. I tend to have this bad habit of if, if an idea makes me laugh, then I'll spend two, three, four days implementing it. Uh, even if it's really stupid, mm -hmm. like I've, I implemented a, um, a telegraph wire where you can click, if you know Morse code, you can click out Morse code and I'll actually receive the message. So wow. far it's the, it's the only, uh, network aware feature and you can just say, you'll be able to disable it in the options. Uh, if you don't want to connect to the internet at all, it won't break it if you don't, you're not connected, whatever. Right. But it was just this one little, where I thought it would be really funny if, you know, if you find any bug reports, you got to learn Morse code before you can tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, that's the, one way to stifle negative criticism, right? Which is not a, exactly the goal, but I, I still laughed. Um, yeah, of course, of <laughs> course. It's a silly way of doing it, which I think fits the theme of this uh, this game. This seems seems to be a lot of interesting and uh, unique perspectives or twists to mm -hmm. normal things that you would expect. Yeah, my producer hat prevented me from uh, making making it so you can, if you're an American, send a. Uh, a letter to your uh, representative directly from inside tentacle typer <laughs> i i actually did preliminary research and it's totally a thing i can do and i was like no bad stop <laughs> yeah that's hilarious but maybe not yeah <laughs> maybe yeah, not I'm, the best right uh <laughs> that's certain, awesome though i want to be inclusive rather than divisive yeah yeah i get that uh so let's let's talk about uh time frame here because this is you know we're, we're we're having fun we're talking about all these these very interesting ideas but like what's your time frame look like as far as you know, this this is your full time endeavor. This is where you want to eventually have something that is lucrative in some 
form or fashion. Right. What's what's your release window look like? Where where do you envision saying this is a product that I can push out the door? Uh, so I think it's um, not impossible that I will have a an, M- an MVP basically where you could use this mm-hmm. to start writing by the end of the month. Some of the bigger wow, goals okay. uh, about you know environmental storytelling, having a little bit more uh, diegetic complexity, and the, the just kind of linking some of the um, disparate concepts that I've already worked on. I think that's going to take longer. I'm not okay. actually sure if by the end of the month I'm going to open that up to the public. Really, I mean this is a this is terrible. So maybe uh, you've talked to more indie developers than than me by an order of magnitude. So maybe you can tell me what I should do here. Uh, oh, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> you're on the spot now. Uh, so my kind of plan was basically to try and just uh, keep working until I, um, I guess, d- until hype reached a certain threshold that I didn't really have a line for. But right now, you know, uh, I'm I'm relatively unknown. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm about as unknown as you can get. And so it was basically my my preliminary plan um was just to like keep doubling down keep escalating keep making it weirder and weirder until uh i reached an audience that would that had a you know a probability of success and if i run out of money before that happens then i'll just you know do the give it away for free sell shift key thing mm-hmm. uh, go back to <laughs> go back to my full-time uh software development career making um video menus that you can't sort that sort of thing Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, so, and you're, you're asking like me, which is very strange. This is my interview, but, uh, oh, yeah. well, I guess we'll flip the script. The so you're asking tables. me what, what I th- I know it's so weird. Yeah. This has never happened before. What do you think um, of my strategy? What would you do? So, so yeah. Okay. I think it's, it's an interesting side to take, but on the other hand, like let's play devil's advocate of it. Right. Mm, um, sure. if, you're doing that you're giving yourself the time to focus on the game which is a positive it's a pro right you're not getting bogged down by trying to market yourself or trying too hard to get uh you know spend time away from the game where you could be promoting it in other areas now the flip side of that is you're essentially waiting for something to happen that you're not actively attempting to do if I, that I makes sense. About, I mean, I'm on a podcast right now, so I am right, attempting. No, no, no. I, I, no, I get it. I get it. But I'm saying there's probably like just this is probably not going to get you to that that goal of having, you know, the thousands of followers, the, the giant fan base. Like I think there's – I would I say that there is definitely pros and cons to both. I think mm-hmm. that what's probably best – and it, it really depends on what level of polish or what level of, of MVP means to you and what you feel it means to people who get it in their hands. Because a lot of indie developers, what they'll do is you'll, you'll hear that they, you know, they ask for beta testers or alpha testers or whatnot. A lot of them just end up using family and friends. And the yeah. reason why is because they're going to give you in, in some regards, an honest opinion, but also kind of a, a, a sugar-coated one. And it's not really about the opinion, uh, more or less, it's more you give it to them because when an audience member who has no idea and doesn't know anything about you or your game and has no ties whatsoever from a relationship bond before that, they're going to see this game and they're instantly going to make that opinion on what it is, right? And right. no matter what it becomes, that opinion is going to be forever in that head. It's mm-hmm. why No Man's Sky, there's a lot of people who just will not play it again, even though now it's an amazing game and it has this this crazy community behind it for those who stuck with it. But a lot of the people mm-hmm. who started at the start and got burned by it literally will never open it up. And, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that that's what it's going to be like, but I'm saying that if it's, you know, without all the bells and whistles and it's more of just the the technical typewriter of this is you in front of the typewriter. Right. I do want to make my release count, you know. Right. Uh, Exactly. Exactly. You might kind of using. Yeah. I'm using the community excitement as sort of my barometer for that. And uh, 
because I, I just I feel like it's a fantasy to assume that there's some like sleeper um, niche fan base for for a game like this. Like if I were talking to an industry ex- executive right now and they were like, "Who's this game for?" I'd be like, "Well, my target audience is." single mothers who are age 65 to 66 and who are also science fiction authors and they'd be like get out (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean well Uh, hey i mean knowing your audience is uh is at least a good thing for for a start but like but that's that's a good point though right is like knowing your audience and knowing kind of where to market is is more important than just the grand scheme of i'm gonna blow up on every other podcast because like I, I'm I'm very appreciative that you reached out and that, you know, I'm able to give you this opportunity to voice your opinion. But like right. do I know that your audience aligns with my audience? Maybe, maybe not, right? So yeah, it's that's true. It's, it's a it's a tough it's a tough grasp because when you're doing this in the level of just playing kind of like I'll pick and choose, so to speak. I was being you... facetious about my audience, by the way. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but like if you pick and choose, yeah, I don't really mean like sixty-five, sixty-six. <laughs> 65 no, yeah. no, I'm just saying, like, regardless who that that group is, it doesn't have to be the sixty-five people, but um, <laughs> yeah, but like they might not align, right? So I yeah. think that you have to have um, a different mindset of of making sure that you find that right audience, whoever that is, and you speak to them. It doesn't have to be play testing. It doesn't have to be, right. um, you know, giving the game in their hands, but it has to be finding an outlet or finding a way to voice that. And I think you're doing a good job with like from a Twitter perspective. I think the the problem is that discoverability of getting your Twitter account yeah. out there, because I think once people follow you, you're doing interesting things. You have things up there that are are creative, that look unique, you look uh, in some regards, you know, creepy or gross, which <laughs> There's an audience that would love to see that, or there's an audience right. of people who are like kind of, Ooh, but I'll still click the, the heart button and, you know, share yeah. it out because it's, it's different. Right. So I think in and a lot of regards, it's, it's finding that, that way to get your name out there so that yeah. once they're in that ecosystem, it blows up. That is uh that is definitely the challenge. And I have not discovered exactly how, but I'm going to keep trying. Uh, I'm going to keep trying new things. Uh, you know, to your credit, like about talking about how gross it is, the, uh, it, it, that has felt like one of the most difficult balances to cross because the the grosser my like the grossest tweet that I did was that original sort of first person thing and it, and I got to, mm-hmm. you know this is bush league stuff for most people but for me I was very excited I got like ten thousand impressions and, and uh, it was it was really uh, it, you know it sort of set me on the path that I'm going but since then you know because most of the feedback was like this is disgusting I've like turned the tentacles down made the section cups a little bit less section cuppy and kind of done mm-hmm. some stuff to try mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, you know, respond to that. So to that end, right. this is sort of like a, I'm, I'm trying to like sort of come in for a soft landing where I can find an audience that thinks what I'm doing is interesting and maybe can benefit from it. And I'm also trying to shift my message to try and um, do that without being, you know, like just overly pandering. I'm not, I'm not interested in that because sort of the entire impetus around this is perhaps to come up with a, if this is a delusion of grandeur, sort of like a self-sufficient way to Mm-hmm. feed my ravioli habit that <laughs> you know doesn't have quite as many indignities as some of the other things I've, I've had to do in my life um yeah, yeah so I yeah i mean like i've oriented my entire life around uh succeeding at um you know some sort of endeavor that is um that happens despite the idea rather than because of it uh so i've, I've lowered my expenditures down to levels that um are like i don't i don't know it's uh, you'd, you'd struggle to to lower your burn rate <laughs> more than me uh and so it's uh you know you talk about thousands of followers it'd be like wow that's um that would be ideal i love it 
Uh, that means that my message has reached a lot of people. Right. Uh, but to keep me at this, I don't need that. So it's like a delusion of grandeur, maybe not quite as deluded as I, as it sounds at first glance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's probably better that way because you're doing something you're passionate about, right? It's not about mm-hmm. the the fame. It's not about the the monetary uh, consumption, even though obviously there's there's a bit of that, right? But like. Sure you're doing this because you're enjoying what you're working on. And I think it, it, it comes across a lot in, in people who are indie developers. And it's what I hear a lot of the time when I do these interviews is that someone's like, they'll, a lot of people will be candid and they'll be like, yeah, I need money. Like how else are you going to survive? And, and I think that's a healthy way to, to, think because i hate the perspective of people who just say like oh you shouldn't ask for money it's right. like no it's it's your job like you're doing yeah. this as a job you're trying to make money but at this the same isn't time a weekend warrior thing i'm putting in 60 hours a week right now <laughs> right exactly but at the same time it shouldn't just be about that right like mm-hmm. that's, that's the whole reason why you do something on your own and you take that leap of faith and and step away from a a, a comfy area of having a nine to five is because you're passionate about what you're doing and you want to you know lead your own charge right yeah for sure and the gamble I'm taking is that, uh, is that this, you know, that the the historically underserved uh, text editor text editor horror genre has been underserved, and I think that I can, um, yeah. I think there hasn't been been a good entry since Emacs, so <laughs> I'm trying to make my contribution to that uh, to that sort of thing. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> um, I I. I know you're you're fairly new into this, but I, I always like to hear advice from people who are in the indie space, and and I, I like to wrap up the interview. I think it, it has a nice way of just you know uh, kind of gluing it all together at the end. Yeah. So for those listening, you know you've been you've been doing a bunch of stuff, and some things have been blowing up, some things haven't as much um, from things that you're doing. You've mm-hmm. obviously learned a lot from. Uh, you have quite an extensive history with both, you know, like games industry, but also other areas. So yeah. just, you know, for people who are who are in this kind of headspace and want to do something kind of like, I mean, it doesn't have to be as unique as yours because I think you are definitely taking a step in, in a much farther direction than most people probably would. Mm-hmm. But like for those who want to create their own projects, want to create their own games or just, you know, start, don't even know where to start. Like what, what kind of tips or, or advice would you give people or things that you've learned along the way? Uh, so the advice that you know comes to mind that might have the broadest appeal, and I'm happy to try and help the most people with this, and you know, roll back sort of the niche. Um, it makes me think of what I think um, get, made me successful in the first place. What got me over the the initial humps of of learning how to develop software and write code and all that sort of thing and create. And the the fundamental thing that's kept me uh, going, kept me successful, and kept me believing that I can continue is is learning early and often. Um, Constitution. If I were to make this nerdy, if I were a D and D character, uh-huh. eh, my ant score is not really that great. My I have a lot of scars. I don't know how much wisdom that gets me, but uh, constitution wise, I think that uh, uh, I can probably put my my the palm of my hand on on the oven longer than most. Um, <laughs> so it it comes down to like just don't don't give up. If you don't assume anything is too hard, and and also. Um, especially when you are younger and have the latitude to do this, never Mm -hmm. temper your ideas on what you can do. Learn what you can do to affect your ideas rather than, you know, one or the other. I always try to, to, you know, learn the, learn the things you don't know, learn the knowledge path. Like, uh, you know, when I was like, I want a roller coaster. I I knew because I had done my entire uh, career this way that it was like, well, I'll probably use some sort of spline. Is it Bezier or is it Ketmel? And then, uh, you know, I go, I don't have that stuff memorized. So I just go look it up and, and implement those, um, those magic spells that, that bring about a dream 
And mm -hmm. I think that that's, I think that, um, never giving up learn learns you enough to, to be able to bring those out without memorization. That was, that was another thing. I wasn't a very smart child. I was like, how, how am I going to memorize everything ever? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you don't need to <laughs> just, uh, I guess grit will also, I guess to the end, other end, there's always extremes to every piece of advice, uh, grit. Yeah. <laughs> there is an end point to grit and that's called burnout. Uh, so, yes. um, when you need to take a break, take a break. If it hurts, stop <laughs> when you can't. <laughs> can't hold your hand on the oven for too long. Right. Um, I think there are, you know, sprints that you can, you can perform that, but you can't live a life like that. You know, you right. got to know yeah. when you, when you can conserve your energy to run into that burning building and save those people. And, and when you need to just take a lazy day and watch the rain play video games. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, also, yeah. you know, I think sometimes I've been, I've gotten too in the weeds and stuff and it's been like, this is boring because I've not played video games in so long that I've stopped. I forgot what fun was. And so I, I take a day and just kind of like remember what I, what it was like to enjoy it again. And then I get back to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest, uh, struggles I think is when does your passion project become something that, that feels more like work versus passion. Yeah. Um, and I, I think burnout is a big play like a big factor in that is if you're just constantly doing this and it's not something that you're doing because you're excited or because you're inspired then it's probably going to come off worse than I, th I think it's critical that people understand though that um those those feelings of, of just magnificent flow that you get when you first see something work that is yours you're not every day is not going to be like that every day is right. not going to be fun yeah uh, you you've got to be able to to have high productivity days where everything is work because it is work. It's a, it's a, it's a big task. Um, mm -hmm. and despite the fact that, uh, I think that, you know, anything you do for a long period of time, you have less and less of those, those just days where, where it feels like your, your brain's boiling from how, <laughs> from how much satisfaction you're getting from, from the experience where right. it's like transcendent joy. Those, those become rarer over time, but I, I've never wavered on the fact that I believe that this sort of you know, interactive kind of experience, like doing the old jazz hands routine in front of the confuser, to quote AV, um, <laughs> is I was born to do this and <laughs> I'm probably going to do this until I die. Um, but you got to understand that not every day, like, you know, some days are more like digging ditches than, uh, than <laughs> playing in an order. I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, the other yeah. alternative is than taking mainline heroin. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> quite a quite a jump there right there, um, you know but yeah i i get you there's you're always gonna have bad days you're always gonna have days where you just gotta plow through it and just you know keep up but i, I think i think there's still some some amount of of you know weight in saying that sometimes it's better to take a step back because i think that a good part of the fact that you don't have that that brain boiling like satisfaction mm -hmm. can also be the fact that you've just stuck your head in there for too long that everything it, it becomes the same right like yeah, you sure. can't you can't get that magic moment if you just see it as the same thing over and over again so taking a step back will sometimes allow you to r reflect and see like oh i have done like i've there's a lot of progress here i've done something great yeah i lose sight of it sometimes myself but it it, it seems clear to me that the most important part of being creative is the time that you're not like <laughs> mm -hmm. the time that you're taking in stimulus from the world around and, and that sort of thing yeah i mean um, you need inspiration right yeah, and it, well, and it feels like a it, it, more than inspiration. It feels like a chemical. I don't, I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm I'm sure inspiration is the closest word to it, but it feels like um, 
like create creative energy is a is a is a is mana and it depletes <laughs> and, and it seems like living yeah, in the world like a at large yeah something like that there's you know some hysteresis of effort <laughs> who knows <laughs> um but anyway so for those listening tentacle typewriter it's currently in development if you're mm-hmm. interested at all uh because this is an interesting piece or if you just want to see cool you know twitter uh gifs and videos of cool tentacle looking things <sighs> Go over and follow Josh Leap. Uh, your Twitter is at Leap Josh. So that's L-E-A-P-J-O-S-H on Twitter. Um, is there anything else, Josh, that you want to shout out or just say before we wrap this up? Oh, uh, so it's not always tentacles. I do a lot of steampunk sort of machine things too. So uh, yeah, please. Pl- I, I think that if you follow me and uh, you have more influence on my decisions than you probably expect. <laughs> uh, but thank you very much for having me on this. This has been a delight. I, uh, I would love to come back on again if, uh, if, if there's interest. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, keep working when you get, uh, uh, you know, closer to that, that, uh, yeah. more of a, a fleshed out idea, you get some more things to talk about, obviously come back on. Uh, yeah, I sure. enjoyed this. Uh, once again, Josh, thanks so much for joining. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you.